to welcome you and thank you for joining us today at Community Life Church on this scalding hot Sunday morning. You guys ready for an amazing Yeah, my name is Scott Barron, and I'm the leading pastor here at Community Life, and I'm going to tell you, it's going to be a great service. We have the director of our children's ministry, Kristen McGrew, preaching today. Can we give her a round of applause? Oh, you guys are in for a treat. Uh, it was so awesome, and so I'm excited. I, I love these times because I get to go to church. I don't ever get to go to church. So I get to go to church today, and um, God has something in store for you that is just so profound. And so I pray that you would open up your hearts and allow God just to do something awesome today. So um, let's start the service off by praying the Lord's Prayer together. I invite you to do that with me. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Heavenly Father, we love you. And God, we are so grateful that you are the God that is all-knowing and the God that is all-present. So whether we're mindful of it or not, you have been here. God, your spirit has been brooding over this place as you welcome us into this this environment, God, wanting to do something in our hearts. So, Lord, you know the prayers that we have. You know the struggles we're walking through. You know the joys that we're experiencing. And all of them you hold inside of your hands. And so today, God, we just entrust them to you as we experience the living God this morning. We love you. We trust you. And it is in the name of your son, Jesus, we pray. Amen. That is 
one that uh, we do pretty often. And um, I've said before that I think sometimes when we have these songs that we're really familiar with, that we can have a tendency to uh, make them routine. And, um, and because we know the words so well, we can kind of mentally check out and think about whatever else is going on that, that uh, is, is urgent in our lives and, and not uh, really pay attention to these these, uh, these truths that we're singing about our God and who He is and, and what He's done for us. So um, I think it's important to sometimes kind of recenter and maybe put a, a new perspective on, uh, on, on the lyrics that we're singing in, the, in these songs that, that we're so familiar with. So before we get into this uh, bridge that I know we all know very well, um, I just want to draw our attention to our, to our sermon series that we're in, on, in this awestruck series about who our God is and these big uh, defining characteristics of our God. And the one that we're going to look at today is that God is everywhere all the time, but not only everywhere all the time, He is also there working and guiding and not just passively being there, but actively working to fulfill His purposes and His plans for His glory and for our good. So as uh, as we sing this this bridge, I just want us to approach it with just a, a reverence and, and an appreciation and a, a thankfulness and gratitude uh, to our God for, for who He is and, and the fact that He's always working on our behalf. Amen.
one more time. Come on, sing it out. Holy Spirit, you are welcome. Come flood this place. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for to be overcome by your presence. Holy Spirit, we thank you for the gift of your presence this morning. Uh, that you live and you dwell in us now, right now, right here, because that Christ came and made a way. Lord, when you left, you left us the Holy Spirit to comfort, to guide, to direct us, to give us hope. Lord, and so we lean into that this morning and we just take a minute um, to rest in our hearts. Uh, Life can oftentimes be overwhelming. So I pray that you would just settle our hearts. We know that you are near. And so as Kristen comes to deliver the message this morning, Lord, just would you allow all of those things to fade away? Just all of our minds wondering about what the day holds and all of those things just so that we can truly be focused on the word that you have for us this morning. We are willing. We surrender completely and wholly to you. We love you. And we give you back this time in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for worshiping. Before you're seated, find someone, maybe someone new, a neighbor to greet, and then you may be seated. Thanks for joining us today. Well, good morning. It is an honor to welcome you on this 4th of July weekend to Community Life Church, um, whether you're in person or whether you're joining us online. Uh, my name is Scott Verano, and I'm the lead pastor here at Community Life, and, and we, so, we are so grateful that you would take time out this uh, Sunday uh, to come spend time worshiping, learning, growing, and just kind of spending time with the people of God. So, so thank you for being here. Um, at Community Life, we love God, we love our neighbor, and we believe that our mission is to connect people to Jesus because we believe that Jesus is the source of life. And so if there's anything we can do to stand alongside you in this crazy journey of life, um, please let us know because we would be honored. It'd be the high honor of our life to live into our mission and um, help you with whatever it is that, that you're walking through. Um, so a couple quick announcements, and then I'm going to turn it over to Kristen and, and let her have at it. Um, so two, two big things coming up. On July 15th is National Serve Day, and so our church is going to jump out, and we're going to get active, and we're going to do all sorts of things. Um, the, the youth ministry will be here offering a free car wash on the 15th, so if you're looking for a way to get your car washed, that's a good time to show up too. So they'll be washing cars. Um, we'll be in Pensacola um, providing free laundry for folks there in the community. We'll have a stack of quarters, and we'll have laundry detergent and all the things we're praying for and loving on people doing that. Um, giving away water on Navarre Beach because we live on the surface of the sun, in case you didn't know. And um, we'll be doing some cleanup down at Brightbridge, one of the ministries in Pensacola that we partner with, uh, some painting and some light construction work. And this is a great opportunity if you've been looking for a place 
as a family to connect and to go serve, or if you're just looking for a place, you can jump in on the 15th and help do that. Just register. Um, there are two QR codes on the seat in front of you, or if you're online at home, there we'll put up the, the QR codes. The one on the left is the active QR code. It'll take you to the place where you can register, get signed up, and we'll figure out how to get you to where you need to be on that day. And then the second is on July 16th, we have our children's beach bash. It's a baptism service. So if you were just showing up to our church, maybe you've never been here before, we just ended um, one of the largest vacation Bible schools that we've ever had. And we love to give students the opportunity to respond. And many of them, they hear about Jesus, they start to learn, and it activates their faith, and they want to be baptized. They become believers. And we want to give them that ability to do that. And so at this point, how many families? 17 children have registered to be baptized. Isn't that awesome, y'all? We're excited. So that service will be on July 16th out at Navarre Beach. We'll serve food at 6.30, and then we start chunking and dunking at 7 o'clock. So get ready. Um, and even if you don't have children, come out there. I'm telling you, it's powerful. It's one of the most beautiful services um, of the year. So we invite you to be a part of that. Also, we'll be taking communion at the end of the service. I forgot to tell you, if you're at home um, and you, um, if, if, if you don't have your elements, go ahead and get those together, and we'll receive communion at the end of the service. Okay, so um, we are in a series called Awestruck. And uh, Kristen is going to tell you about it in her message, how the series came about. But in this series, Tammy, Kristen, and Kat have been leading us through the Psalm 139, which is a Psalm of David where he tells us about three of the omnis or three of the big attributes of God, the God that is all-knowing, the God that is all-present, and the God that is all-powerful. And what's interesting about this Psalm, when you look at it in context, is David is really praying but I don't know if you've had a prayer where you know that you're going all in. Things are going bad in life. There's a hard thing that you're praying about. And so you just kind of remind God, if we ever can do that, or maybe we remind ourselves of the big attributes of God. God, you're all-knowing. You're all-present. You're all-powerful. And then David says this, those enemies, God, I hate them, and I want you to kill them because they're your enemies, and I want you to get rid of them. You ever, you ever been mad at people? And, but maybe you didn't say that prayer. David did. But then here's the cool thing at the end of the prayer. He says, but God, search me and lead me in the way everlasting. So even in his prayer, as hard of a prayer as he prays, and I want you to know God can hold those prayers, he still asks God to search him and to lead him in the right way. So if the prayer is wrong, based on those other big three things, God is going to lead him in the right way. Last week, Tammy talked about the all-knowing God. God, you know me, you see me, and guess what? You love me anyways. And it was just so powerful. So if you haven't had a chance to go back, I encourage you to watch those. But um, today, Kristen is taking over. She is the director of Children's Ministry. She's also the director of Connect Christian Academy. If, it, if Children's Ministry wasn't enough, she went back to school, got all the certification to do that. And um, she's incredible. We, we tried to do the math a little while ago, and so 11 or 12 years ago, um, we needed to hire somebody for hospitality. And it was the first hire that I got to be a part of at this church. And Kristen was on the list, and I, I didn't really know her at the time, but I asked a few people, and they're like, oh, this one. Like, hire this one. I'm going to tell you, she has been the most awesome person to this church ever. So um, we're just so excited. The best preschool, best children's ministry, and we have been richly blessed. I try to think about all of the children that, whose lives and hearts have been shaped by the ministry of this church, and they have Kristen's fingerprints all over their lives. Amen? Amen. All right, so we're going to start a bumper video, and then when that's over, I encourage you to give Kristen a big round of applause. I'm going to go ahead and say a prayer. Heavenly Father, we love you. 
And I thank you for moments like this where we can take your scripture and we can rightly divide it. Lord, this time is not just an entertaining time, God. This is a time for us to learn, to grow, to understand your word because your spoken word is what shapes our hearts and shapes our lives. You spoke and the world came into existence. So as we look at this written word and we apply ourselves to it, God, I pray that you allow it to shape our lives, to prepare us for the things that we're walking through. And God, just just allow us to be the best that we could possibly be. Bless Kristen in this time. Lord, we love you, we trust you, and it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Have you ever been awestruck, seemingly stuck in a moment where you're unable to find words or the adequate words to explain what you're experiencing or seeing in that moment? Maybe it's a beautiful sunrise, or for us non-morning people, a beautiful sunset. Maybe it's a different part of God's creation. I've often been mesmerized by the sky. The sun, the stars, the moon, they've all always been amazing to me. I often find myself hopping out of my car in the evenings and just gazing up into the night sky. Helps to remind me a little bit about how big God is and how small I am in comparison. One of my most recent moments of being completely awestruck was last September in Montana. I was blessed to be invited to attend the annual sermon series planning meeting that has typically just been reserved for Pastor Scott and Clint as they plan out a year's worth of services. But this particular year, they asked the girls to join along, or at least some of us. So Tammy, the director of worship, and Kat, the director of discipleship, and myself, the director of children's ministries, were able to join into this planning meeting. Now, I um, am slightly terrified by adults. Um, Children's ministry is where God has gifted me, and that's where I am very happy to serve, and I'm thankful to be able to be able to do that each and every week. But the purpose of bringing some additional people on to this trip was so that we could be intentional about the ministry that we offer to families here at Community Life. We wanted to make sure that everything that we did 
was a connectional point for people to be able to connect to Jesus and within their families. So whether it be through worship or adult ministry or children and youth ministry, we wanted to make sure that we were intentional and fluent in our plans throughout the year. So I was super excited to go on this trip. Now up to this point, I've lived a pretty non-adventurous travel life. Most of my travels have kept me in the southeastern United States. I love the Sunshine State and the sunshine, but if I'm being honest, my favorite temperatures are between 60 and 80, and I don't do well with humidity. I don't like to be sitting outside and watch my hair grow, not long, but out and up. I don't really like to be sitting outside and full of perspiration and sticky. Um, So when I stepped off of the plane in Montana, I was amazed at the temperature there. There's no humidity in Montana, y'all, like none. If you pull out your phone, the actual temperature is the same as the feels-like temperature. (laughs) No longer do you see actual temperature 90 feels like 112, which is what I think it was yesterday. It was amazing, and it allowed us to be able to sit outside for hours and marvel at God's creation. Tammy wasn't able to join us on that first night because she wasn't feeling well, but thankfully she was able to join us a day or so later. But the first night that we arrived in Montana, Scott, Clint, Kat, and myself found ourselves on the porch of this little cabin that would be our work home for the next couple of days. The sky was the most amazing thing I have ever seen. It looked much like this backdrop. There were more stars than you could even fathom. They were so bright, and they seemed like they were so close that you could reach out and touch them. You could actually see them twinkling. I was completely awestruck. I couldn't even come up with words to describe what we were seeing at that time. A couple of days later, Tammy was able to join us, and we found ourselves on the porch of this little cabin once again. This time it was Clint, Tammy, Kat, and myself. We think Scott might have been inside cleaning, but knowing how his introverted mind works, he was probably over us by that point, and he may have been regretting his decision to bring some other people along on this trip. But we were out there gazing into the night sky. Clint was looking through his binoculars and pointing out different constellations on one side of the porch, and the girls and I were on the other side of the porch, just gazing. We had seen several shooting stars to this point, But all of a sudden, out of nowhere, the most amazing shooting star shot across the sky. It seemed like it was in slow motion, but it happened so fast. It seemed to leave a little bit of a tail behind it. And we were all fumbling over our words, trying to come up with what we had just experienced, trying to get Clint's attention to see what we had seen, but he was looking in another direction and had missed it. Once again, We were all awestruck. Over the next few days, we continued our planning and trying to decide what would be the best messages to bring throughout this year. And this feeling and this thought of being awestruck kept coming up. How do you describe the indescribable God? How do you describe the magnificent nature and the attributes of God? And thus, this series was born. And I find myself terrified on the stage in front of you. (laughs) The word omnipresence is just a big word 
that means all present. Omni by itself means all, and presence means present at all times in all places. As Scott mentioned, we're going to base our study out of the book of Psalms in chapter 139. Tammy did a great job last week of leading us through the first six verses, talking about the omniscience of God, the all-knowing God, how he knows us and sees us and loves us anyway. This particular psalm was written by David. It was not a young shepherd boy David, not the one that previously in his life had been the youngest of his brothers, chosen to be king, even though he wasn't the strongest or the bravest or maybe the smartest. But this was written by a mature, anointed king of Israel, David, one who had seen many military victories, and he had also fallen into grave sin, which both he and his family had suffered because of a result. Throughout his victories and his ups and downs of life, David sought after God. He had a relationship with him, and he developed a reliance and a trust with his creator. Before we dive into scripture, will you pray with me? Father God, thank you so much for your awesomeness. Thank you for the magnificence of who you are and what you do for us. God, I ask that you open up our hearts for what you have for us to hear today. Father, allow these people to see through me and directly to you. I pray a blessing over this message. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to focus our study this week on the omnipresence of God in verses 7 through 12, and we'll wrap up with the end of that psalm. I'm going to be reading from the NIRV. It's the New International Revised Version. We use this a lot in children's ministry because of its easy-to-use understanding, so I hope you will humor me as we use this. That's the way that my brain works the best. In chapter 139, book of Psalm, in verse 7, David writes this, How can I get away from your spirit? Where can I go to escape from you? Because David had a relationship with God, he could ask these seemingly rhetorical questions. David expresses his awareness of the presence of God because God had been with him through the ups and downs, through the trials, through the victories and the defeats. And David allowed God to guide him along the way. You see, God in his whole being is present at every point of our space. He's present at all times at the same time. God is not contained by the largest space possible. He doesn't have spatial limitations. He is unrestricted by time and location. Now what this does not mean is that you get a little God and you get a little God and you get a little bit of God but rather that we all get all of God all the time. All we have to do is call on his name. He's present everywhere, all the time, at the same time. As I was studying and preparing for this, some of the names of God that are intricately woven through both the Old and New Testament kept coming back to mind. Some of those names like Yahweh and Jehovah, which mean I am and Lord, They signify an immediate presence, that he is accessible and available to us at all times, to anyone who calls on him. Yahweh Rohi, the Lord our shepherd, 
penned by David in an earlier psalm, Psalm 23, it reminded David of his previous life as a shepherd to his sheep and that God has that same relationship with us. He is the great shepherd. We are his sheep. Yahweh Shema, the Lord is there. He is here. He is anywhere and everywhere. You can't go too far for God. El Olam, the everlasting God, free from the constraints of all time, from everlasting to everlasting, he is God. He is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the one who was and is and is to come. He is the omnipresent God. Picking back up in verses 8 through 10, this is where we're going to spend the majority of our time today. David continues his prayer and says this, If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I lie down in the deepest parts of the earth, you are also there. Suppose I were to rise with the sun in the east. Suppose I travel to the west where it sinks into the ocean. Your hand would always be there to guide me. Your right hand would still be holding me close. David understands at this point in his life that there is no place he can go that God is not present. If he goes to the highest highs, God is there. If he goes to the deepest deep, God is also there. As far as the east is from the west, God is present everywhere at the same time. Now, depending on your relationship with God in any particular season of your life, knowing that God is all present can be either a convicting and terrifying thought, or it can be comforting and reassuring, just depending on where we're at in life. You see, David was a sinner like the rest of us are, and I'm sure there are times in your life that you wish maybe God wasn't quite so present. Maybe he didn't see that thing you did when you waved at a friend that cut you off on 98, or muttered those words under your breath. Sometimes we wish maybe that he wasn't quite so present. But for David, who had spent time with God, had a reliance and a trust with his creator, these words brought a refreshing peace to David. Through the good, the bad, the ugly, the hard, the easy times, God was always there, and David was comforted by knowing that his God, who loved him so much, would always be there, no matter what. You see, God is love. He can't be anything but love. And we have the assurance of knowing that because God is love, that his knowing and his searching and his ever-present presence in our life is governed by love. He wants what's best for us. His ways are better than our ways. C.S. Lewis once said, we can choose to ignore, but there is no space, no, I'm sorry, there is nowhere we can go to evade the presence of God. This reminds me a little bit of trying to get a child to do something you want them to do or you need them to do. Could be for their safety, could be because you said so. Regardless, you're trying to get little Sally to pay attention to what you want her to do. And you're looking at Sally and you're trying to get her to look at you. She is not having it. She's looking here and there and everywhere and beside you and around you, but she will not look at you. Because for a child, if they can't see you, they think you can't see them either. <laughs> I feel like 
some of us do this with God. Trying, God is leading us, trying to get us to go in a specific direction or away from a specific direction, but we're not having it. That doesn't feel good, God, so I'm going to step away from that. I don't, I don't quite feel good about that thing. So I think maybe if I just ignore what he's asking me to do, maybe he'll forget. Maybe he'll just go away for a moment, go focus on someone else at the time. There's an Old Testament story about a man named Jonah. God wanted Jonah to do a very specific thing. Jonah was not having it, ran away from God, and he ended up in the belly of a big fish. So maybe we should do a little bit less ignoring and more paying attention when God is leading us in a specific direction. His ways are better than ours. He loves us and he wants what's best for us. In verse 10, David goes back to say, your hand would always be there to guide me. Your right hand would still be holding me close. Our God is a personal God, but he's not a pushy God. He wants to have a relationship with us, but he won't force his way into your life. It's hard to have a relationship with someone that you never spend time with or talk to. Tammy mentioned last week in her um, teaching with us about a couple of people in her lives that know her better than anyone. They know her thoughts before she ever speaks a word. They know her intentions before she ever takes an action. Those people in her lives didn't get that title because they were common passerbys. They didn't just say hello in the lobby or hold the door open for her, maybe join her on a mission trip. They got that title because they've spent time with her. They trust each other. They love each other. They know what the intentions of that person are, is. That's the same way that God wants to have a relationship with us. He wants us to spend time with him. The all-knowing, all-powerful, all-present God, creator of the universe, wants a relationship with you. He's right here, right now. He's just as present here as he is on the other side of the world. David had surrendered his life to God, and therefore he was fully aware and comforted by the fact that there was nowhere he could go, nothing he could do that would cause God to not love him. Not because God forced his way in to David's life, but because David allowed him to do so. Priscilla Schreier is one of my favorite Christian authors and Bible study. Um, she's written many Bible studies. She's done a lot of public speakings, and I've been fortunate enough to hear several of those. I stumbled upon a recorded video lesson of hers the other day called, Do You Recognize Christ in Your Own Life? And in that lesson, she says this, I wonder if in our very Western world, where the presence of God has been so lavishly given to us, where we can find a church with a pastor preaching the good news of Jesus on just about every corner, where we can turn on Christian radio stations, or where we can access the word of God at our fingertips, where there are more Christian Bible studies and books than ever before, could it be that we have become so used to the blessing of the presence of God that we don't even recognize it anymore. That stopped me in my tracks. It gave me chills and it still does today. She went on to say, could it be that we have become so desensitized, spoiled even, that we don't see the fingerprints of God in and on our own lives? 
Stop and let that sink in for a moment. Have we become desensitized to the presence of God? The omnipresence of God, the one who's with us all the time? Have we gotten so comfortable with the convenience of having God at our fingertips that we no longer recognize his fingerprints in and on our daily lives? If we believe that God is omnipresent, as he says he is, and he's proven over and over, then we can find him in our everyday moments. We just have to look for him. I believe we see what we're looking for. At Vacation Bible School, each year we have a point in our program called God Sightings, and we take a moment to encourage kids to tell us about times or places that they've seen God moving and working, whether in their lives or somebody else. We encourage them to watch for God, to be on the lookout. We talk about those each and every day. This year, we took it a step further since we knew that we would be moving into the Awestruck series just right after VBS, and we sent each kid home with an Awestruck poster and some glow-in-the-dark stars. And we reminded them to look for God in your everyday life, in the quiet moments, in the busyness of life. Look for God and track those moments so that when you don't see him quite as readily, it'll be easy, easier to remember when he was moving in your life. For adults, there's a couple of different ways that this makes sense to me, the you see what you're looking for. For example, if you decide that you're in the market for a new car, and you decide that, I think I want a blue car. Blue is my favorite color. I don't see very many blue cars on the road at all. Yep, I think I want a blue car. It's what I'm thinking about. It's what I'm searching for. All of the sudden, everywhere you look, there's blue cars. They're full in the parking lots. They're up and down the street. It's because you're mindful of a blue car. You see what you're looking for. But in the same manner, the more you seek God and the more you see him, the more you will find him. But a periodic awareness of God's presence is not his design for us. He wants us to seek him in other ways as well. He is omnipresent, present to all space at all times. The Old Testament is full of miraculous encounters that God had with his people. Some of them were mountaintop moments, some in a burning bush, some through dreams or a quiet whisper. This may happen for you. You may have had some mountaintop moments in your life with God. If you'd have, I'm jealous. My moments come more in quiet whispers, in times that I can be still and quiet and really focusing on what God has to say to me. We have access to the living, breathing word of God. Being familiar with scripture, reading it, or even memorizing it, does not mean that we have exhausted its entire meaning. God, through the Holy Spirit, will reveal different things to us at different times, based on our age, our season of life, our circumstances, things that are going on in our lives. We see that each and every week as Scott brings the message, or at least I do. I'll sit in service and think, I've heard this story a million times. I know everything there is to know about this story. But God, through the Holy Spirit, will reveal something different to me. 
something that I need in my life at that moment. He's so big and so good. He will give us what we need when we need it. When we allow God in, we will experience more and more encounters with him. We see what we're looking for. We'll pick up in verse 11 and 12 where David writes this. Suppose I were to say I'm sure the darkness will hide me and the light around me will become as dark as night. Even that darkness would not be dark to you. That night would shine like the day because darkness is like light to you. Lightness and dark are used a lot through the Old and the New Testament and they can signify things like good and evil, order and chaos, security and danger, or salvation and death. Most of us, if we're being honest, find darkness to be a little scary, sometimes even dangerous. In our worship planning meeting this past week, Nikki reminded me of something I had heard years ago, that just as heat does not exist without the presence of cold, that darkness cannot exist in the presence of light. Even just a small amount of light causes the darkness to not be dark anymore. David knew that in the presence of God there was no darkness. Although David did not yet know the fulfillment of Scripture when Jesus came to earth, we do, and we can be comforted by knowing that not only is God omnipresent and with us always, but Jesus said in John chapter 8, verse 12, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. And he reminds us again in John chapter 12, verse 46. Jesus said, I have come into the world as a light so that anyone who believes in me should not stay in darkness. In the presence of God, there is no darkness. This doesn't mean that darkness does not exist or that hard times won't come. The Bible actually tells us that in fact, hard times will come. But instead, that when the hard times come, that God will be with us. He will guide us and lead us through, and the darkness will not overcome if only we just allow him to do so. We're going to wrap up today in uh, the end of this chapter, verses 21 through 24. Now, this is a very human side of David who has some very human emotions. It's very relatable to many of us as we think about how we feel about our enemies. David prays this in verse 21. Lord, I really hate those who hate you. I really hate those who rise up against you. I have nothing but hatred for them. I consider them to be my enemies. David, a man known for being after God's own heart in all his humanity, really hates his enemies. Does anybody else feel like that sometimes? I think I've prayed a prayer probably pretty similar to this. But he doesn't stay there. He continues in verse 23 and asks God, God, see what is in my heart. Know what is there. Test me. Know what I'm thinking. See if there's anything in my life that you don't like. Help me live in the way that is always right. David's asking God to search him. He knows in his humanness that he falls way short. But he's asking God to take a look inside and reveal to him things that are not right, things that God is displeased with, and allowing God to move in his life to change those things. 
David is the foreshadowing figure of Jesus. We see a similar prayer prayed by Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane when Jesus says, God, not my will, but your will be done. Not what I want, not what I think is best, but what you think is best, let that be done. David is asking the very things of God that we need to ask. God, see me, test me, know me, and lead me. God knew that in any scenario, in any situation, that God is always going to be there. You cannot outrun God. You can't do enough bad things for God not to love you and for God not to be present for you. All we have to do is call on his name. As we close today, I want to just remind you that we see what we are looking for and challenge you. Will you look for God? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for allowing me the opportunity to be up here today. I pray, Father, that someone listening to this message will have heard a different point of view, that they may be able to be aware of your presence and see you not only in big, miraculous moments, God, but in our everyday lives through quiet whispers. Would you allow us the ability to be open to your presence and give us the strength to say, Father, lead me. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I'd like to invite our communion stewards to come forward at this time. And can we give Kristen a big round of applause? This should be fabulous. She really messed up preaching today. <laughs> I found out how good of a communicator you are, even with adults. Um, we all learn on, a, on that level anyways. Um, what a powerful sermon, um, the God that is ever present. And, you know, uh, even the way that she connected it to Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, um, not my will, but thy will be done. When we receive communion, this is really our action moment in a service. It gives us an opportunity to respond to what we've heard today, um, to look and see God that is active and moving and a part of our lives. And I wonder how much the disciples were aware as they gathered for that last supper around the table when Jesus took bread and he gave thanks. And then he broke it and he turned and he gave it to them and he said, this is my body which has been broken for you. As often as you eat, do so in remembrance of me. My guess is they probably had no idea. But Jesus was giving them an anchor with a resource that, that would have been present to them in their lives in one way or another, something that they would have stopped and, and taken time to do. And then in the same manner, he took the cup at the end of the dinner. And he said, this cup represents a new covenant for the forgiveness of sins. As often as you drink, do so in remembrance of me. And once again, I, gotta, I have to imagine that they probably didn't know in that moment what was happening. But a few days later, maybe they would understand. And so today, all these years later, as we are here in um, Community Life Church, or if you're joining us online, my prayer is that you will recognize the ever-present God that gives you an opportunity to respond, to allow the broken body and the shed blood to nourish you, to give you strength, and then to ask God to search you and to know your ways and lead you in the way everlasting. So that when we go from this place, the people that we encounter, the scenarios that we encounter, we can offer them life because of the strength that God gives us in these moments. And so I invite you, if you will, to pray with me. Heavenly Father, we love you. 
God, we thank you for this ability to respond this morning, even to the message that we've heard. The God that is present and alive, that loves us, that wants to do something amazing inside of our hearts, if we'll just ask. So God, you know what we're praying about. You know what we're thinking about. And Lord, we ask that you would lead us and guide us. For some of us, it just may be experiencing your presence today. For some of us, Lord, we're praying for the miraculous to happen in our lives. What a beautiful truth to know that you are that God that can do exactly that today. We have people in the hospital today that are praying for miracles. And Lord, on their behalf, we just beseech today that you would be the great physician. We have parents that are praying for their children to, to come into a saving knowledge of, the son, of your son, Jesus Christ. And, and God, we pray that today that would start to happen, that you would navigate through all of those troubled waters and that your salvation would become apparent to them. And for some of us, Lord, we're just wanting to experience life. And that can happen in this moment. So we open up our hearts and we receive you today. We love you. We trust you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, as the team is set up, I want to just go ahead and give you some, some instructions. You do not have to be a member of Community Life Church to take communion with us. You're here. You're part of the family. And so you're welcome to join us. We take communion by intinction, which is a fancy word to say if, if you'll come forward and hold out your hand. We'll give you a piece of bread. You take that bread, you can dip it in the cup, and you can receive communion that way. If you're nervous about germs, um, at each station, we have individually wrapped communion elements. You can take those with you. And if you have someone at home that maybe missed out on the service today, take a couple with you. Take it back with you and, and allow them to, to receive communion. Um, every time we take communion, um, we have an offering basket on the stage on the corners. Um, and we use this communion offering to help people with electric bills and water bills and you guys are so amazing to help bless folks right here in our community. And then we also have a gluten-free alternative. And if you'll come down right here to the table, I'll be more than happy to serve you that way. And, and then also, if there's something we can pray with you about, I'd be honored to do that as well. Now, I'd like to invite the first few rows to go ahead and stand and exit your road to your right and come forward and receive communion with us this morning.
sinful soul is counted free for God the just is satisfied to look on him and pardon me to look on him and pardon me Christ on high, with 
Christ my Savior and my God, with Christ my Savior and my God. I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful for Kristen, the ministry that she has here, the team that she's supported around her, uh, and the way that she leads our kids every week. It's incredible. Uh, as a dad of two little girls in, in, uh, in her ministry, I am so grateful uh, for the way she lives as a wife, for the way that she holds scripture and the way that she lives it out. It's truly incredible. Uh, well, I'm so blessed. Thank you for being the church that is uh, the shining light. In this community, in this world, we desperately know that there is a need for Jesus. There's a need for light. And the way that you live your life out through generosity, through your prayers, through your your, uh, your service is absolutely incredible, and I'm so thankful to be a part uh, of, of this ministry, of this church. If you're new here with us, if this is your first Sunday, please connect with us out in the lobby. We'd love to have a conversation uh, and help you get connected in that way. But would you stand with me as we pray before we leave? Let's pray. How we're so grateful. How we thank you so much for your son, Jesus. And on these mornings when we can remember, uh, God, his sacrifice and your love for us, it is truly amazing. As we receive those elements, as they become a part of us, let us then go and serve and love and sacrifice the way that you have shown us. God, I'm so grateful for the fact that you are present to us. God, in the, in the mountains and the valleys and all points in between. God, from east to west, there's nowhere we can go to be apart from you. Thank you for making a way for us to have that connection and for loving us enough to, to grant us that. We thank you and we love you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said.